Welcome to the Palompo PR podcast. My name is Lisa Dixon and each week I will be bringing you an inspiring Scottish business person who will be telling us all about what makes them tick both at home and at work and everything in between. This will be a totally uncensored, authentic and I hope entirely relatable show about how building a business and juggling the work-life balance is a reality. Today I'm interviewing Sarah Harron. Sarah launched her handbag brand, Sarah Harron Handbags, after a really big career in IT. She was the COO of an AIM-listed cloud computing business, but she was completely frustrated with airlines hand luggage policies and she was unable to find a handbag that worked for business and pleasure. So she made her own handbag and for the next three years she was working full-time and she learned how to design and produce handbags herself. A number of years later she has now ditched the day job and has launched her own brand Sarah Harron Handbags. Today I'm asking her how she did it, what she enjoys about her business and what's next in the handbag design industry. Sarah's bags are luxury, they're designed and made in the UK and they are timeless. I have one myself and she is a client of mine. Do enjoy. Sarah for joining me today um, for this being episode five of the podcast, which can't quite believe it's gone so quickly because I've had so many great people on. But the reason I invited you today was because we have worked together in a professional PR capacity on some PR campaigns and events. But also, because every time I tell somebody about you, they always say, so what did Sarah do before she made, before handbags? made handbags? And that's the interesting part. But before we jump into all of that, can you tell us a bit more about you and your, well, your business? What is Sarah Harron Handbags? Who and what are they? Uh, well... Thank you very much for coming around here today. No worries. I'm in your lovely office today. We've got yes. beautiful Scottish sunshine, just so everybody's aware of that. Yeah. And Scottish sunshine means it's raining. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Was not clear about that. Um, so, well, we design handbags mainly, um, but leather accessories is really what we're about. Um, and they're really meant to be sort of luxury, practical and functional. Um, that's the things that I was really wanting mm-hmm. to make clear in a handbag, um, particularly the functionality. A lot of people, when they design handbags, they go and they look at how it looks. Um, but for me, it's actually all about how you use it and the function. Because okay. anybody can create a beautiful handbag, but to create a beautiful handbag that's also got practical function yeah. is a little bit more, um, a little bit more challenging. Um, And I just didn't want to create something that you couldn't use every day um, and couldn't become part of your life. I think when I started, I had this thing in my head that you should be able to carry your life in style um, and be able to do that functionally. So that's what um, we're all about. And when did the biggest business begin? When did you start officially trading? Well, officially we started trading in um, October 17. That's when I registered the business. Okay. But actually, I had been um, doing a hobby business prior to that. Okay. Um, and that was probably for about three years. And it really was a hobby business. 
and I was doing that when I was working in my what I call my real job um, <laughs> the one that paid for me to buy all my um, equipment uh-huh. and um, paid for me to uh, buy leather and all the components and it was probably what was paying was definitely what was paying um, for me for all my research yeah. and the sort of startup costs that you yeah. normally have so um, it was a passion project so, on yeah, the side of the day job and to be honest I don't think it was I don't think I could say I really thought oh I must do handbags actually um, I was working so hard in the other company that we had started which was an IT company um, it was really at the start of the internet um, and most people didn't even know what the internet was um, there was nothing like you have today, you know, mm-hmm. no social media. Um, I know it makes me sound really old, which I am really old. <laughs> No, you're not. But <laughs> um, in the world before the internet, um, and we, we started the business really as a way to get onto the internet. And we were always the picks and shovels, all the sort of the behind the scenes stuff that you need. So you were in IT in a sales capacity um, or what kind I of capacity really were you in? in an operational capacity. So I ended up being the COO when we went public in 2000. Um, before that, I was in sort of first employee as the customer services manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so service was obviously quite important mm-hmm. and actually it was all the doing and all the putting of everything together um the guy that um, i was working with he's brilliant on strategy um and we had a really good feel for the whole tech market and the way it was going but um delivering sort of the the nuts and bolts mm-hmm. that was maybe a different matter and getting things done and i was always a complete finisher um mm-hmm. to the point of probably being slightly mental about it so you um, would have so that was an international company, so you did so a lot of travel? So we started out very small, very small, um, just in Scotland. Um, most of our customers, though, were down south once okay. we started getting customers. And then when we went public in 2000, that meant we were travelling a lot more. Uh-huh. We acquired a few companies, so that meant I was definitely travelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really um, what got kind of got me going on the handbag thing, um, coupled with the fact that I was at a conference in um, San Diego and somebody asked me what I did um, as a hobby and I realised that actually I didn't have any hobbies. <laughs> I was like, You're too busy working. Too busy working, too busy looking after the kids, you know, just too busy doing everything yeah. else. And I realised that when I did come home, all I was doing was literally sitting down on my computer again and doing more business type things. Yeah. Um, and I thought that's probably not a good thing. Yeah. This is well before it's well documented that you should have a well... <laughs> Balanced work life. Work-life balance. Yes. As we were talking about earlier, trying to squeeze in time to go yeah, to the gym and exactly. try to have more all than just work. things, yeah. And all I was, the only other thing I did go to was the gym, but that was on the way to work, so it was kind of a convenience thing. Yeah. Um, so I thought, well, what do you like? I used to make clothes a lot, and I had been, I had a little business yonks ago making cushions and okay. um, little pyjama bags, lingerie bags, I think was the technical uh-huh. term. Um, and I certainly didn't want to do that anymore. And I didn't want to make clothes again. So I thought, well, shoes, no, too hard. Um, but bags, that would be quite good. Mm. So I just started making them. I had made loads of different things. Um, and then when we did go public, that with the extra traveling that uh-huh. I was doing, that's then what inspired me to make a bag that I could actually use every day whilst traveling. So a bag that was for you know business travel, business that was travel. your kind of hand... Yeah. Your, one, your one piece hand one piece of hand luggage uh-huh. and they brought in all those rules about mm-hmm. you only allowed one piece yeah. of luggage um, onto all the budget airlines 
Um, so that also forced me to really think about what you would put in your bag. Yeah. Um, even if you were in, you know, packing a, a small suitcase, you don't want to fill it with the extra bags that you might need mm-hmm. whilst you're out yeah. doing a networking event for, for your um, business. So that's really what got me started into this sort of dual mm-hmm. bag thing. And then having lots of pockets so I didn't lose things. Um, and making sure that I went to meetings, that I looked organised. Because yeah. again, in tech, there's not a lot of females yeah. in tech. Still, still the same case, unfortunately. Um, but the last thing you want to do is go into a boardroom and be the girl fiddling around with yeah. the contents of your handbag. just doesn't give you quite the right image that yeah. you're trying to put over. Um, so having all the extra pockets for things like, you know, just being able to find your pen, find your notebook, yeah. you know your computer's there, um, makeup, make sure you've got zip pockets, so things that you don't want falling out of your yeah. bag in the middle of the meeting, yeah. don't actually yeah. arrive Nobody on can the see desk, them. <laughs> yes, or <laughs> the middle of the board table. Um, so that was really the first bag, and that was the one that um, has done really well, that's really our best seller. Um, the Dahlia. So, so that was the Dahlia um, bag was the, the first Dahlia one that you made as your... The made formally as, um, as, the, as the Sarah uh-huh. Harren um, handbag. Um, and that's the one that we still sell the most of. It inspires people. I think the, the fact you can change it and make it yep. look different, yep. um, which actually came later because when I first made it, it was all just very self-coloured. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, oh, going to this event tonight and I don't really want to be wet carrying a black bag let's have something different and then I start to realize that you could actually change the fronts so you were doing making the bag because you wanted a better bag for your own you know business that you were running seeing your job traveling so what made you go from doing that to making it more than just a hobby I mean yeah obviously that was a moment of complete pure madness and what oh. did your friends and family all think? Like, Sarah, you've got busy enough life as oh, it is. You've got, you at that time, your children were still maybe yeah, primary or early secondary up, school. They were sort of early. Well, yeah, coming out, they were doing their um, uh, uh, nap fives and all that uh-huh. sort of stuff. So at least they were a bit more capable. But yeah, still um, busy, family, yeah, travelling. Sure, and then had to be done for them, yeah. Um, well, as we started to get more traction and more people started to ask me, um, one of the things that we were doing was um, building websites in um, in my other business or in the other business, um, and we were very much building websites for consumers and for mm-hmm. hobbyists and for small businesses. Yeah. So we built a website um, for my handbags, mm-hmm. um, and it was really just testing out mm-hmm. our website products not that I was trying yeah. to put a website up but it started to get a few hits actually <laughs> um and off of the back of it and um, people started asking about the bags okay um so that kind of helped um and eventually it got to a crossroads where it was either well focus on um the handbags or continue doing the IT thing um and I had been doing the IT thing for quite a long time and we were at a stage where the business actually needed a bit of a shake up anyway mm-hmm. Um, we needed to bring in some more sort of senior people or to show the senior people that they could grow their career mm-hmm. beyond yeah. um, where they were at. Um, and if you've got a sort of a set of people that have been there forever, yeah. then that doesn't help evolve a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we all sort of had our plans and I said, right, well, look, let me, let me be the first to test this out. Um, <laughs> and would you mind if I um, come off the board and um, run off and um, make handbags sort of full time? Um, so that took a bit of time to do. It wasn't an immediate yeah. thing because it was very, really part of the business. Um, and um, we never even announced 
to the staff that I was leaving. Um, and I think they might have realised by now that I left. <laughs> um, but that was just the way we chose to do it. I didn't want to make a big song and dance yeah. about it. Um, obviously, we had to make this announcement to City that I was coming off the board. Um, and so we did that in March 17. And then in um, in October, okay. we started the company. Oh, I started Sarah Harron brand. And you and thought this is the... Started so but what made it. you think, actually, there's legs in this business? I mean, obviously, you had your loyal... Your, who were your first customers, yeah, was it? Yeah, so I had built up um, very local, you know, friends and family. Yeah, um, like all businesses, you've got yeah, to go on your doorstep. Go for those that are around you. But also there's that point where you actually need to um, sort of brave it up and go beyond them. Because Mm -hmm. the one thing about friends and family is they'll never really tell you the absolute truth Mm -hmm. because they don't want to upset you and they quite like you. So they don't want to lose you as a friend and Uh you don't want to fall out So we actually hate these bags here. What are you doing? (laughs) Uh Exactly. And people always find that very hard to say and they sort of skirt around the issue. Um, Luckily, nobody actually did say that, so that was okay. <laughs> um, but I wanted to go beyond that. And so I started to get, um, um, got into the little shop in the local village. Um, and she started selling uh-huh. her bags um, and getting feedback from her. So that that was good. Um, there was another couple of places sort of beyond where I was. Mm-hmm. So just sort of etched it up gently, yeah. really. Um, and also, I couldn't forget that I was in a full-time job doing something yeah. else. And the one thing, you know, I didn't want to be promoting amongst the staff was that it was all right for a, like a senior director yeah. to be running another business. Yeah. You know, she can't really have that. Um, and if I was going to do it seriously, I always knew that I was yeah. going to have to let something go. Uh-huh. Um, you can't really have, I know despite the L'Oreal efforts, you probably can't have everything. You can't have it. <laughs> yeah. And the, the reality is, if you wanted to take it to the next level, it needed more time and it commitment more from time you. time and commitment, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I sort of got myself ready to do it. I knew um, that I was going to do it, and mm-hmm. I had a sort of a 12-month um, time where uh-huh. I was sort of set up. Um, and then I went as a consultant for six months mm-hmm. after I'd left yeah. the other company. Um, and then after that, that September, that was our half year. So that seemed like a good yeah. time to um, say, right, well, that's me now, guys. Um, and off I went. And off I went. And yes. how has the brand developed since then? I mean, obviously you've got, I mean, for any of you listening, Sarah's bags range, um, well, you can maybe explain the range actually about how many different types of bags you have. And I'm here today in Sarah's studio and she's showing me more drawings. There's always drawings. There's, <laughs> There's always development. Drawings. She's been showing me a prototype. And something I know Sarah does really well is she... Um, tries and tests a bag before she decides if it's right so she gets one made yeah so i'll make all the samples so although we got big enough one of the things i had to do is actually find production because you can't scale a business if i was going to be sitting in my studio forever making them Uh Um, and that was lovely to start with but that's not going to grow it Um, and whilst i don't really have any ideas of global domination or anything like that I did always knew that I wanted it to be a little bit bigger than just me turning out a few handbags every Because week. you can, because Sarah can make the bags here. You have yes, a I've workshop a here that you can. workshop, full studio. And um, so I do all the designs. Um, and then what I would do is the sampling. So that's the first stage. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, if you can't make the bags yourself, you would send them out to be sampled. Uh-huh. You would send them out to get a pattern made. Um, but I do all of that bit myself. And then I test the product mm. for, you know, three to six months to make sure it works. Yeah. And so um, I make sure I take it everywhere with me. Um, so I have two or three of those going on okay. at any one time. Um, and that way I know it's going to work and I'll make changes to it. Before you then send it Before to be Before I then produced. send okay. it to what would be then the first, first factory sample is called a P1 sample. 
um, and they make that first uh-huh. one, which is their sample. Mm-hmm. And then I'll use that for a little bit. Um, so at the moment, I'm using the camera bag, which was um, their first P1 sample. Um, and I've been using that. And now it's gone. They're actually making them okay. as we sit here. Well, hopefully they should be. That so was the plan. So you've been playing yes. around with that yourself playing after you made it. That. And yeah. so what... So what kind of, how is the business looking now in relation to the product range? Because you started with one bag. Yeah, we started with one. Um, then we started to do the add-ons to that one bag so that you could change things up. So, you know, there are a range of um, little bits and pieces mm-hmm. that you can do. You can have different straps, you can put different tassels on, different front pouches. Um, and, and the big bits. differentiator for your bag is, especially for the Dahlia, your sort of, your, your hero bag, as yes. it were, is is it's three bags yes it's three one. bags in one really yeah and you can wear it in different ways yes so again you can put you a laptop in it. Laptop in it put everything in it put all your junk in it and then take stuff out of it as well um and then change the way it looks yeah. and then just take the front off if you're going straight out because um, i think a lot work. of people have said that when they're taking it for business travel they know they've got a smart work bag quality yeah. leather bag beautifully made yes. and then they can have their all their stuff in it they get to the hotel and they're going out for a dinner so, and then they can just take the front pouch off yeah and that's a whole other bag in itself the bag, yes because i had a friend that was um before she bought your bag and she looked at it online she went, yeah, i need to get one of sarah's bags and that was her plan she hadn't done it yet but she's going to do it and then it coincided with a business trip that she was doing yeah. but she hadn't organized to buy the bag in, yeah. in time a typical story and she got to this hotel for this dinner and she realized she had no evening bag yeah. to go downstairs for this uh-huh, meal. So nice. I can't take my massive work bag. It's yes. too, oh, oh, it would just it's look ridiculous. Awkward, yeah. So she had to take her toiletry bag downstairs <laughs> and she's like cleaning it up thinking this. Uh-huh, she goes, I have yeah. some, I need somewhere for my lipstick, my phone, yeah, my purse, just a few bits yeah. and pieces. She yeah. said, so I can't go down without it. But I, she just said that was her, that pushed yeah, her over the edge to buy the bag. Edge, because yeah. she said, it was just in her mind, I need to get one of those bags. I haven't decided the colour. You know, the usual thought process. Yes. And... That was her case that in point. It. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then, and I was like, oh, yeah, you just, that's what got me uh-huh. wanting to do it. It just made complete and, sense. You know, I guess that's all about really who, who is your customer. I mean, I guess because now you're, you're sophisticated in your marketing, you've really drilled down on who it is yes, that buys your bag. Really and tried to do that because anybody could actually buy the bag. Yeah. It's not limited. Um, but it's probably limited by budget more than anything else. Because you're a premium bag. It's a premium bag. It's also limited by my budget that I can spend on marketing. Yeah. Um, so rather than going scattergun for every single female in Britain, yeah. which who could buy my bag, clearly, I've just tried to dial it back and gone for a niche to start with. Um, so I've been targeting business women because I can go and talk to them. I yeah. understand their, how their lives yeah. run. Um but it's also good for people running their own businesses because yeah. they're still business women. They've still got the same challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, so my route to market has been really promoting to yeah. business women. Um, but with the range expanding, we're able to um, go a little bit beyond that. And it is going further than I'd expected. And it's also starting to drop down um, in age size and age range as well, which is good because I don't want to be pigeonholed because that's the other problem. Yeah. You end up being pigeonholed. Um, and there are lots of business bags out there to compete with as well. Um, but I think the fact that you can change mine and change its functionality yeah. gives it a little bit of an edge. 
over most of the competitors. And where, you know, do your customers hear about you? I mean, I guess that's about your marketing. I mean, yes, what kind marketing. of marketing have you done that's been good and been bad? Hopefully um, you're not going to say any of the PR we've done has been bad. Yeah, all <laughs> all of the PR has been terrible. bad. It's terrible. No, but I mean, you know, from an honest point of view, what, what has worked and what have you thought shouldn't have wasted my time so I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast always message me going it's great hearing about yeah, the things that people disasters. have done they want to they want you to tell them what not to do so they don't have to waste yes, their time and yeah, I guess it's I hard know. to say because it every is. business is so different but yeah. what have you invested in from a marketing point of view that's maybe been the right thing in some things think actually that was yeah, maybe maybe not worth yeah. doing yeah um yeah I think because we've been trying to do sort of uh, more of a more of a mix um but you know, there's been some direct mail shots that I've done and I've put in, uh, leaflets in magazines and things. Uh-huh. That was a waste of time. You just didn't see any yeah, kickback. Yeah, just didn't see any kickback. I think taking an individual advert in, in a magazine is also pointless. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're going to do that, then you need to commit to the magazine for at least a year anyway yeah. so that people build up those readers start to expect to see you in the yeah, magazine they notice you they remember they notice you. you and they remember you um and the thing about handbags is it's not um an, an instant sale and especially at the price point so you've got to be places where people will be remembering you all the time yeah. and that's quite difficult um so yeah one-off adverts wasted a fortune on all of those one-off inserts um mm-hmm. you know that's a waste yeah. of time as well um, so at the moment I've started to try and do a lot more online, um, try and do, you know, pick a medium like f- Facebook and just make sure that yeah. people see the adverts yeah. and you can retarget and you can keep that going. But that's one of other, pl- one of many places. I've also been doing these style events, um, whereby I've been pitching my story and a sort of a style type, um, solution mm-hmm. for corporate women. Yeah. Um, and that's been getting some traction. That's really hard work though. Um, and you actually end up feeling like an event company after a while. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's not my long-term plan to keep doing that. Yeah. But it's been a good way of getting in front of the right target yeah. market, in front of um, business women. Um, and, and then obviously yeah. we've done other bits and, and pieces. media relations and trying and to media get media relations the press. and PR and trying to get into the press. And as you know, Lisa did a great job for me on that. But it's tough when you're yeah. an unknown brand. Um, you really have to um, give a story. And when you're an unknown brand, it's difficult. A lot of the magazines, of course, they um, want, and quite rightly so, they have to be getting advertising mm-hmm. revenue. Mm-hmm. So someone known that's not going to take an advert isn't great for them. Um, so you, you've got to appreciate their position yeah. in, in the whole And thing, how do you find position. social media is good or bad for your business? I mean, Facebook... I guess, is perhaps an older market for yeah, you. Yeah, Facebook is probably better than Instagram. Um, so I'm surprised to hear that from a fashion yeah, point of view. I know, isn't it? It is strange, but it's a lot of um, sort of the 40-plus market, they're not really going on to, on to Instagram. That's the, the pretty side for them. It's, it's strange. They're much more likely to go on to Facebook. Um, their friends are there, and um, they seem to be a bit mm-hmm. more at ease with it maybe that's their children as well that are sort of showing them the way there i personally do prefer instagram because i like pictures Uh and i like things visual um but i get the facebook thing um and i think the other thing with facebook though is that if i'm expecting in fact with any social media 
my target market definitely don't feel the need to go and put pictures or images up yeah. of themselves because they already are confident enough. They don't need yeah. to be sort yeah. of getting And I guess that's social. the challenge, isn't it? Because you're not you're talking to people that are the people that are buying your bags because the price point for the bag I mean for the yes. Dahlia, what is the entry level it's price? So sort of four nine five. So it's an investment piece, yeah. but as I worked out as actually 68 pence a day a wear. So if you wear it every single yeah. day for a year, it's actually cheaper than a cup of coffee. <laughs> you well, there you go. Your bag there is you cheaper go. than your coffee. Your bag is cheaper than a cup but of coffee. I, th I think that's the reality, isn't it? I mean, it's how certain people would want to take a picture of themselves with the bag because they want everyone to know they're wearing it. Yes. And maybe yes. some of your other um, customers, they don't. Yeah, they don't they wouldn't even want to do that, so no. they're not interested. So you kind of got to talk a little bit to everybody. But as you've said, you yeah. can't... Your target market can't be all the women in the UK that might want to buy a yes. bag for work. Yeah, because, because you'll that would not be possible. <laughs> That's not possible yeah, for anybody. Possible. I could come up with a PR strategy for that. I don't think anyone could. No, but you know, the one thing that you that you do really nicely is you talk a lot about the in all of your marketing and, and the true point is that you look at the design, you look at the leather, you offer a lifetime guarantee, you know, you offer those extras. Do you yes. feel that's what makes someone give that gives you the point of difference? Yeah. Other I than the gorgeous so. design Other and the, the smell design, of the leather. Yeah. Forget all of that. But I think it's all the surrounding stuff. I mean, people want if they're buying something, they actually want the they want a good service. And that's something that I definitely learned um in my previous career anyway. It was always about service. There's always somebody else that can do what you're doing. Um and if you think there isn't, then you're slightly mildly crazy. Because yeah. there's always something. There is no new inventions or very rare new inventions. Yeah. And if you invent somebody, there's always somebody right behind you that's going to pick up yeah. and do exactly what you're doing anyway. So you've got to find differentiators in everything that you do um, and service. And it's, it's interesting because I've, people have bought handbags to me to fix for other large companies that just don't care about the service hmm. um, and just say, well, you've broken it or it's wear and tear or... Whatever it's the it is. service Maybe angle is the most important, I think, really important. and also the delivery. I mean, Sarah, when you buy a bag from Sarah, it comes in the most beautiful box that then you don't know what to do with after because you're like, This box is so gorgeous, the keep the box know, and put something it. lovely in it. Um, but I think that is a real big edge when you yes. buy the bag, you get this beautiful box that comes nice. in with the 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 the, the, sort of the bag that goes over the cloth bag, and it just it just gives you that it screams the quality that you quality want and a nice opening experience and that's the one thing because you're not because most of what i do is direct to consumer uh -huh. you've got to kind of create that feeling about it um you know so if you're buying an expensive mulberry handbag you'll no doubt walk into the mulberry shop and you'll get the, yeah. the whole mulberry wrap yeah. that's quite difficult to do when you're direct to consumer but there's no reason why you shouldn't still be able to have that type of offer um, that people get when yeah. they receive your products. So for me, that's, you know, I'm a bit of a, a, a mad person when it comes to that. I want the packaging to be absolutely spot on. Yeah. Um, it's so that feeling. Feel, well, feel it we've all bought things it. from Amazon that we thought were going to be great. And then, the, I mean, I had one that's completely different, but a birthday present for a child. And I bought him a football. Yeah. I didn't realise the football would arrive uninflated. <laughs> so it came in a bag. <laughs> and I thought, I'm thinking, I'm now having to give 
a child, a birthday present, yeah. it's a deflated football. Yeah. I mean, how depressing. Yeah, well, so, yes. I mean, then when I inflated it, it looked like it was just one from my garden. Yeah. So I thought, uh-huh. it doesn't even feel like a present now. And I thought, true. you know, yes. now that was yeah. a football for £15. It's yeah. not in the same league, but it's all about it's all that, about that feeling when you buy something online and you're hoping for that experience. And the thing is, when someone buys from you, they get this beautiful box, the ribbons and the tissue. Yeah. And when they take all that back, the bag is just meeting their expectations, yes. even more exceeding their expectations really normally yes and um yeah and that's that's the thing you just got to use all these hooks again when you're running something that's essentially starting out as a, an online business you've got to use every advantage that but you would you move into retail stores do you want to have a sarah Haran shop um <laughs> is that the big dream or I, is that actually not yeah, the dream? do i i would like to have a, maybe a sarah Haran type place to go okay um but i don't think just having it as a as another ex, another accessory shop i'd yeah. actually like to tie it much more into come in here learn something listen to business women mm-hmm. talking yeah. about something come and look at, at the bags yeah. how you can try them out but also um business clothing alongside you know, okay. relevant stuff so it's all of that so act feeling together up. Pulling it all not together. just product, not but then maybe that's product. about the future of retail. Perhaps I people don't so. want to be sold to all the time; they want yeah. to get an experience. Come in and you know learn something. And you know, one thing I have never really expected with this whole journey about this whole handbag thing was um, that it's actually turned out that the handbags people not only do they like them, but they're actually telling me that the handbag is making their life simpler. <laughs> um, it's empowering them in their jobs, which honestly I genuinely never expected uh-huh. um, and that has actually given me such a lift that I know it's only a handbag but to think that that is making it's, a woman more confident yeah. in their job yeah. um, making them go into that meeting where very often there might not be um, a load of um, females uh-huh. alongside them but they're in that room and they've got everything they need just having that confidence yeah. which I never expected um, a to get kick out of or B to be able to give that to somebody else. But I guess so that's, that's the situation nice. you were in yourself as well. Yeah, and I guess I think so. you're yeah, just, just giving that. I mean yeah. and what well, this is always the question everybody wants to know. Yes. What was your big mistakes that you've made along the way? Oh my god, yes. Uh, you've told me a good say. one before, I hope you tell it. Something to do with uh what was the machine? This oh, delivery yes, or something? Yeah. So I think probably the first mistake was um, actually leaving my cushy job. Yeah. First <laughs> of all, that, no yeah, salary. No salary. So I always remember that on the last day of the month. Like today, yeah. you know, I haven't, I'm not opening my bank account and finding someone's deposited a nice wedge of cash in there, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so yeah, that was, that was one thing. Um, yes, ordering a huge piece of equipment that I thought was totally necessary for my business, which actually was, and then finding that, that it didn't actually fit into its accommodated place, which then led me to having to convert my garage um, into a studio to put the damn piece of machinery oh my, into. And was this because it weighed so it much? It just weighed so much, yeah, 20 tonnes, and there was no way we were getting <laughs> So what was this machine going back. to do? Make it's, handbags? <laughs> make handbags for me, make it all easy. No, it's a, what they call a press cutter or a clicker, and it's like a giant pastry, mate, pastry cutter in a okay. way. So you put the knives onto the leather, 
you press it down and it cuts the leather for you so it gives you a really precise okay. edge so it stops you having to physically cut to leather physically cut everything with a scalpel which is what i was doing before so if i ever need to do surgery i think yeah. pretty much yeah cut you could you could sew some yes, back together yes. so then this piece of equipment arrived it was arrived, meant to go somewhere else in your house else and it didn't fit we couldn't get it up the stairs so i had to say to the guy look do you want to just put it in the corner and obviously i'm going to build a room round it now um, so, so you lost the garage I lost the garage well I got half a garage now so I had to negotiate that with my husband and say look you know well this has happened and do you mind so we put up a wall we put a wall across it and then built built it round it quite literally um, and then put a door so we could actually get back into Goodness, it. So, well, that's, um... so yeah, that wasn't very smart and uh, should have thought about that better, but I just, you know, just didn't even infiltrate my, uh, <laughs> my, my noggin, really. Um, and other mistakes, I think you just, you just make them as, as you go, you know, um, obviously the wrong things um, you say to people, you know, in the beginning, I was definitely underselling the, the product and the brand yeah. and you, you know, and I think with that, because it's something that's been personal to you, sometimes it's quite difficult to, to get that out yeah. Yeah. Um, and say the right thing. And especially, I think, going from IT to fashion, where I knew that whole IT world inside out fashion, I knew diddly squat. Now, some might say I still know diddly squat, but I don't have the network that I would have had. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have the network of people that you can ask before you make the mistake. Yeah. So this you're thing, learning on you know, the job, learning on the job. Um, you know, in the beginning when I um, didn't know where to buy components from, for instance, I would design handbags with components that I thought I could buy. And then I realized I couldn't. <laughs> and then I realized that actually what all the big brands did, they actually made the components for yeah. the bags. So I've got drawers loads of test things that was going to happen uh -huh. that didn't ever yeah. happen because they just didn't work when they got them or the usual thing if you go on to um, Alibaba or AliExpress yeah. try and look for samples and you know you think it's going to be really small like two millimeters <laughs> and it comes back and it's 12 inches long because they've not put the right information yeah, you're like, on I don't you're like that no that's not going to work so yeah lots of things so like much that. trial and error I guess a lot of trial and, and, error. and obviously yes. you have the background and the confidence and the maturity and the sophistication from previous employment you're not exactly. new to business you're not a yes. um, naive business person but yeah. those things you can only learn yeah. as you're doing it that's I mean exactly did you right. seek advice from other from a, you know, a mentor or do you actually feel like that's um, not something that you've sought to do because I know that you actually mentor other people yes, in I business a few others and, uh, uh, but from your point them. of view um well I haven't to date but um I am I have actually um got somebody that's going to help me for a few months um just as I if I do want to get a little bit bigger and scale yeah then not only around the branding but really around that whole retail model yeah um so I've got a guy that's going to help me for okay. just three months just yeah. to help me make sure that I don't make the the stupid mistakes yeah. because sometimes it can you know it's fine to make mistakes and you must always learn from them but sometimes if you want to get ahead there are people out there that will help you yeah um and it's just helpful yeah um so yeah this time because it's important to get it right um, and there are certain things that you need to get right first time hmm. because then it's how you look to other people. Yeah. And so if yeah, you you've get got it to, wrong, you yeah. only often get one chance. So the one, one of the things I want to do um, 
it does mean that I need to get a bit of advice on it and okay. not make them not make the, the elementary mistakes because I might only get that one shot yeah. at it. There's a big difference between ordering things online that you think are going to be good for the bag yes. and then they arrive and you go, actually, yeah. I need to actually we, we, get that we made. Pretend that never happened. Yeah, exactly. You can yes. move past that and nobody needs yeah. to know. And actually, that's fine because that's yes. life. But yeah, you've got to seek that expertise. Yes, um, and I think all businesses and people shouldn't be afraid to to do that. And you'll be amazed how many people will be willing to actually help as well, yeah. um, because people like to help yeah. other people, um, and especially I think now that um, especially other females are more willing to help other females mm-hmm. as well. Um, and same with men, you'd be amazed just at how much knowledge other. Do people you think that's have. maybe just um, perhaps? But your attitude is just ask. You're not afraid to ask. Yeah, I think you've And is got that to... because you've got the confidence because you've had the business yeah, background well, maybe? Sometimes I still have to screw up my courage and say, God, I don't want to bother this person. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, you don't want to be seen as um, bothering other people because, you know, they've got busy lives. Um, but sometimes if you just if you just ask me, I went to Business Women Scotland, they have a, a good network and I went through to the thing in Edinburgh just the other day and one of the girls there was saying, you know, don't be afraid to ask. And I actually wrote that down. I thought, no, you must remember to ask yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and they can only say no, or they can only say they're too busy. That's the worst thing that, that yeah. that's the worst result that yeah. you're going to get. And exactly. you just like, we'll move on, but thank you uh-huh. until another time. And how do you not work then? How do you switch off? How do you chill uh, out? Yeah, my husband know? says I work all the time. <laughs> that's what he says. He says, you never switch off. And whilst I do try and counter that to him, he's probably right and I think that's partly because you are running your own business and so there's no one else that's going to do it for you so you know the one thing in the previous business we ended up you know we grew from zero not only zero revenues but um, zero people and now there's about 500 people so and when I left there was 480 that somehow managed to find their way back into Mm -hmm. my organization so um, it's quite weird not having people that you can ask but it is you at the end of the day Um, so, but at the same time, if you're doing something that you love, and again, it sounds a bit passe and everyone says it, I'm sure, but if you are doing something that you enjoy, it does make it a lot easier. Yeah. And you're seeing the growth. You see the efforts. The and you're seeing the efforts start to pay back, you know, I mean, God, it'll be about a hundred thousand years probably before we make any money around here, but you know, at least we're making progress yeah. and progress doesn't always have to be about the money, um, which clearly is the most important yeah. thing, but even each day, if you do something a little bit that brings you a little bit more progress and I think when you're starting a new business you need to remember to have your measurements but don't always just make them the profitable and the numbers things because otherwise you'll you know it takes time to start a new business and get money back into it and make a profit Um, and sometimes you have to spend more than you're ever going to gain the previous business it took us three years before we made a profit Uh Um, so that's a a useful thing to always remember you know don't um not don't beat yourself up about it now eventually you've got to make a profit but you just have to see step by step um progress um so you know set yourself kpis that you can see the progress because that helps you as well um it makes you look at back at each month and actually think where have i come from what am i doing yeah Yeah. it's all these and when you're on your own running your own business that you need something you need to be able to look back to sometimes look forward Uh i'm obsessed with what did i do this time last year versus this time what's next what's next quarter i i know i completely work on a quarterly basis so so, you know we're nearly at the end of this quarter that's it what's next yeah you start figuring out april Uh (laughs) but that's fine because that's if you want to be taken seriously you have to have that mindset Mm -hmm. you do 
yeah, you do, and um, not beat yourself up about it. And my husband says to me, I beat myself up about it all the time. I'm naturally a worrier anyway, so I probably do. But that forces me to move forward. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is different when, again, when we were in the other company, um, because there was other people that were sharing the burden yeah. with me. It's it wasn't because you're doing you. it all. That's, yeah. the, that's, so that's the big problem, the, the isn't big it? Thing. But I guess you, you're good at outsourcing support where you need it. Yes, yeah. I've, um, you know, I do have obviously outsourced PR a little bit because I know um, Diddley Scott about that um, and a bit of the social media. Whilst yeah. I do my um, personal social media, I do have somebody that helps with uh-huh. the other side. Yeah. Um, and that's good because that keeps gives it perspective as yeah. well yeah, um, and gives an, an outside voice on things. Um, but, you're, you know, I'm only doing that with, you know, a couple of 10 hours a week. So uh-huh. it's not huge. Yeah. So it's a very manageable cost. And there's lots of good freelancers out there that will help with yeah. these sorts of things. So I think it's it's interesting. The whole internet thing has opened up a whole new way of working, mm-hmm. um, which does give small businesses a great advantage yeah. now. Um, uh-huh. You can tap into skills. Tap into skills in ways that you never could. Yeah, or people you would never have found. Exactly. Before. Yeah, and find them. So yeah. just so everybody knows, where can they find you online? What's your oh, web yes. address and um, what is your social media Yes, so social media, Sarah Harron UK, and online at sarahharron.com. Um, so yes, we are there, and go and have a look. I don't expect you to buy immediately, because nobody does. Um, it's, a long, it's, a, it's a long burn, isn't it, with it's the handbag? It's a long burn with a handbag, yes. Um, I normally find about seven or eight visits to the website before people... Before you convert. Convert, Great. yeah. yeah. So and then you you've got new things coming matrix. out in spring. New things coming out, so let's try and increase the range. Um, so we've got um, a new organiser tote coming out, and we've got the camera bag, which I am actually really in love with, and I've had such good feedback, mm-hmm. so I can't wait to, uh-huh. to get those out there. Um, and then new colours, and um, two There's a lot other happening. bags. There's always other, because you've got to keep moving forward. Yeah. Not in the way that, you know, I don't have the, the wherewithal to be like Mulberry, who are bringing out new bags uh-huh. every 10 seconds. Um, but I you can't can, afford to do that. But it's, but you it's can, altering and developing. Altering and developing and just coming up with things that people actually need mm-hmm. because the other thing is, you know, the world's got enough, you know, enough things in it. Uh-huh. Um, so one of the things for me about the bags is the fact that you can reuse them and use them in different ways mm-hmm. also means we're all doing our bit yeah. for the environment and not filling up our houses with, with too much of things that we don't really need. Well, thank you, Sarah, for your time. I could talk to you all day because I find it so fascinating. Um, But please do check out Sarah's website and I'll put some more information on the podcast details so you can see more about Sarah and hear her story. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks very much, Lisa. Thank you for listening to Palompo PR, the podcast. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links to everything that was mentioned in today's episode. Follow me on Instagram at Palompo PR and subscribe on iTunes to this podcast.